Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Batwoman TV Talk, your weekly podcast following the adventures of Kate Kane and the CW's hit show, Batwoman. I am Palmer, and with me as always, Tony Ann. Say hi, Tony Ann. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. What did you do with the two-week break? Um, Not much. I was basically just catching up on all my shows, battling Twitter trolls, you know, the usual. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> How about you? What did you do with the two weeks off? Uh uh, well, I went to New York to go see Birds of Prey with my friend Lauren, nice. who then saw it like who then saw it like 47 times afterwards without me. Um, then I spent an equal amount of time between trying to think of if the woman in the song "Just Give Me a Reason." is actually insane or if their relationship is really on rocky ground and then the other half of the time was spent i had found a quote from Kristen stewart back when she was dating robert pattinson that talked about how robert pattinson used to like licking under her armpit and that kind of weirded me out but also fascinated me and i went down a rabbit hole with my friend one night where we were texting back and forth that if they released a sex tape it would be the most avant-garde sex tape of all time were you sober like subtitles yes yes it would have subtitles it would have like a Wes Anderson soundtrack. It would be filmed in black and white. There is. This is so look, not what this I. This is why I'm not. Break to look like. This is why they, they can't take any more breaks. I don't have. I have way too much time on my hands. So, you know, other than that, I didn't really do much. Oh, no, not at all. But I'm certainly excited that. We're back. We have quite the episode to discuss. We do. Before that, though, we do have an email. Oh, yeah, I love emails. Uh, this email is from a listener named Anna Lee Carter. Hello, guys. This is Anna, an avid viewer, listener of the Batwoman podcast. Just wanted to say I'm enjoying the podcast. Your discussions are super interesting, and I love the occasional Luke banter. I can't wait for the next episode. P.S. Palmer is right, and John Cry is a horrible Lex Luthor. I don't See? ever remember saying you were wrong. I just said I don't agree because I happen to like him, but he's my only point of reference. I mean, to be fair, she didn't put that last part in, but I assume what I assume she <sighs> meant to. Okay, well then I take that back just wow but 
Welcome, <laughs> Anna. Thank you for writing in. We are happy you are enjoying. And we love the loop banter, too. Yes. And probably have some this week. Yes. So we are going to talk about episode 12, which is called Take Your Choice. Was this an Alice in Wonderland reference, or have we moved beyond that now? I mean, those words might have appeared in Alice in Wonderland. I don't think I don't think it's very significant if it did. Um, I think it just has to deal with the obvious uh, issue at, at hand in the episode. Yeah, we start off the episode with Commander Kane, Sophie. And a doctor inside jail uh, discussing that they want the doctor to testify that there's a possibility Mouse dressed up as Commander Kane and killed Catherine. Did you think uh, this was a weird opening? This felt I kind of, like a very, it felt like a very strange opening. I thought that maybe my DVR messed up and I like missed the first five minutes. I kind of thought it was a strange opening. I was kind of, because I normally fast forward seeing as how the beginning part is usually like the, is like the recap. Right. Right. And they didn't do that. They just throw you into this scene, which then I stopped and I watched. And then I had to rewind because uh, um, as I was, as I watched it i thought i had missed something and i rewound it because i'm like why are they talking to like why are they calmly talking to the guy that uh, um to the guy that held beth captive for so many years and then i was like and then i was like okay so that's not him i guess but i I really liked the interaction where the doctor is like, well, um, you know, you you want me to testify that this person could sew a mask that looks exactly like you and then imitate your voice so perfectly that it would fool everybody. That sounds like, like science fiction. And I'm like, well, yeah, it sounds crazy if you say it like that. But if you sound if you make it sound like, you know, believable, it could work. Right. Like it's sounds very believable as long as you don't say it exactly how they want you to say it. But he does agree that uh, um, because they have mouse uh, in lockup, he says, Did we you know, know I'll that go before they said that in this episode, because I don't remember them ever locking him up, but I might have just forgotten something. Uh, I believe so. Like, we, we do. I'm pretty sure we saw him get captured um, after Kate kind of breaks out and saves everybody from the fire in the last episode. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so he's like, well, you know, let me take a look at Mouse. I'll interview him. And then after talking to him, if I, I feel like it's possible, I'll sign the affidavit saying so. And they were fine with that. They're, they're like, great, that's all we want. We switch scenes to Sophie then telling the crows, all right, 
we lost Alice. We suck. We need to find her. So, wow. We're going to put, you know, we're going to we're going to put checkpoints everywhere. And if you see her, kill her on sight. That's it. And they also did like a montage of like searching a bunch of random apartments, too. Right. Uh, I believe that comes in a little bit. Um, You know, they one of the the guys questions, like, are you sure we want to do this? And she's like, hey, I'm the commander. It's my choice. It's my decision. Let's go. This was the first time this entire episode that I felt that Sophie was pointless. Like this, this was the first time this whole season. Like if, if none of that stuff was in the episode today, I don't think we would have missed anything. Does that make sense? Yes. Like they could lift they it out were, of the episode and it'd be fine. They could lift it out of the episode, but the point of it being in the episode is kind of a red herring as to, well, I think I know how the episode is going to end now. So it was there to kind of throw you off the scent of what the ending was really going to be. Yeah, okay, I could see that. I was just, like, watching this, and I'm just like, Sophie, what are you doing? Why are you here? Why is this happening right now? Right. So then we have Mary and Luke driving, like, mad people in a car with uh, Beth underneath the covers as they're pulling up to a checkpoint. And this was another weird scene, too, because I felt, again... We were brought in into the middle of a conversation and we like missed five minutes because I'm like, wait, yeah, they were, where the they hell were like, are they going? Yeah, like they had this idea and started it without without showing it. I feel like there was a lot on the cutting room floor in this episode. Yeah, I think a lot of deleted scenes. Should we get any deleted scenes on the DVD box set at the end of the season will be from this episode. So. Oh, they're approaching they're approaching a checkpoint and Luke has no idea what to do. And Mary being Mary, Mary is like, <laughs> like Mary's like, it's easy. We just tell them I'm in labor and your and pregnant like, girlfriend needs to go to a doctor. And he's you like, look like you you're twenty pounds, you? Mary. Have yeah, you seen like, you? You're twenty pounds. No, Mary, that's a bad idea. What's your next idea? How about having a asthma attack? And Luke's just looking at her like, girl, what are you doing? Like, they are the three stooges of crime at this point. So they they stop, and Mary's Mary actually has a good idea. She's like, hey, don't you know who I am? Like, do you know who okay. my dad is? And but you're is stopping that, me? Is that really a good idea when her dad's in jail? Well, yeah, they didn't put him in jail. Well, no, but what I'm saying is right now he's in jail, suspected of murder. So would be saying, hey, I'm the murderer's daughter really be a good idea? I mean, we know he didn't do it, but I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if he, if it was like the GCPD, I would agree. But where it's the Crows, I think he has more backing in the Crows. Uh, true. Um. So she's like, you know, you know who my dad is. You should just let me go. And during this, uh, Beth has an uh, um, migraine onset, makes a noise, 
To which Mary's like, that's my Yorkshire. <laughs> no one's ever seen you with a dog, Mary. Oh, I love her, but lying is not... You would think she'd be better at lying since she lives a double life as a millennial and a doctor. You would think so. Although I do have uh, I do have a thing about lying coming up. So They get pulled out of the car. As they're about to search the car, Kate shows up on the... On the bat cycle, takes the out bat the bike. the bat bike, takes out the roadblock. So naturally, when they all get back in the car, they go through the roadblock into safety. Nope. They turn around and go back to Wayne Tower. She could have gotten out of the city, but they turned around. Well, I think she was getting so much worse because the migraine had started that I think Mary wanted to get her back somewhere that she could be that she could study her and figure out why the hell this was happening. But question, was this the first time we really kind of got to see the bat bike up close and personal and to kind of see all that it could do? Probably not. Well, no, because we saw we saw a little bit of what it could do when we first saw it um, a couple episodes ago when she used it to stop a train. Because I. I don't ever like I don't ever remember like seeing the screen on the bike before. And I thought that was pretty freaking cool. That is a pretty cool screen. And I I don't I think we've seen the screen before, but I like I think the I think the screen looks really good. And I'm a nerd for all the tech stuff. So I was like, this is so cool. It really was like that. You know, that's not even that's not even a question. So. They essentially go back to Wayne Tower. We get a short little scene of Alice killing a crow from behind because the crows suck at their one job. Yes. Is this when she sticks the silver thing in the dude's neck? The butterfly knife? Yeah, she throws the butterfly knife. I I couldn't see what it was. I just saw something silver hanging out of his neck. Yeah, it's her butterfly knife. She's... She threw it, and it stuck in his neck, and it killed him. She's like, I wouldn't be caught dead in that outfit. I love Alice. Um, so, yeah. So she she kills him, standing behind him while he's looking for her. Because even when she's not... And I'll, I'll, I'll expound more on this later when we get to another scene, but even when she's not at her best, Alice still manages to make the crows look like absolute, complete bumbling idiots. Yes. Back at Wayne Tower, we have everyone inside trying to help uh, Beth. Oh, I loved this scene. At least I think this is the scene that I love. And Mary's kind of going through different prognosis. And and she's like, I say all this to say... I basically have no idea why any of this is happening. Right. And she's like, you know, I don't know why you think I would be an expert on this sort of thing. And then that's when, this is when Beth chimes in with her theory, right? After. Yes. So Beth believes that um, two people cannot occupy the same universe, or two of the same people cannot occupy the same universe. This world Otherwise, is literally not big enough for the both of us. Right. Otherwise, uh, they'll have... Uh, their bodies will degrade. And Hold we're on living on borrowed time and we're borrowing it from each other. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, they believe that 
their bodies will essentially break down into nothing and they'll both die. Um, kind of leading, it doesn't really become s- stated until, uh, you know, a little, little bit longer in the episode. But basically saying as long as they're both alive, this will happen. Exactly. But I will say my favorite moment in this whole scene is Kate is like, look, we have the three smartest people in the room, meaning which, Mary. Which, I mean, poor Luke. Beth like, and Luke. No, she obviously no, no. meant her, no, Beth, she and did Mary. Not. Poor I, I, Luke. Like, I don't... She wanted, no, 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 no. He's, she wanted no part of this. She's she, okay. You, She's like, you three figure this out. It's above me. I'm out. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure she meant her, her Beth, and Mary. No, she meant Beth, Mary, and Luke because she understood none of what they were talking about whenever they got their geek speak on. That was good. Can someone break this down into normal person talk? (laughs) My two favorite lines of this episode were, can someone break this down into normal talk? And when Mary's talking to the crow at the checkpoint, and she just randomly is like, go Gotham. <laughs> I love Mary. Mary is my favorite. So prior to leaving, um, Beth, you know, Beth is like, oh, can you get me a whiskey? And and Kate's like, oh, this slow down the, the cell. Uh, degeneration. Degeneration. She's like, nope. But it, but it gives me a buzz. Which at this point, if you're degenerating, you might as well feel buzzed while you're degenerating. Yep. <laughs> I love like in like later on in scenes when they're all like when they're all talking about it. She's like, "Give me another whiskey." <laughs> this had to be so fun for her, the actress who plays both Alice and Beth, because like she gets to be completely crazy, Alice, and then be normal Beth and drunk. Yes. Speaking of crazy Alice and how the crows are totally inept. So inept. Like, good lord almighty. You're looking all over Gotham for one person. One single person. You all know what she looks like. You all know she's got blonde hair. And she walks in to the hospital, talks to crows people, and goes to see Mouse. And not a single bloody person figured it out. I was like, "Oh, come on!" I've like, seen a lot of stu- I've seen a lot of stupid cops and cops adjacent on television, but this might actually take the cake. Like I understand she's in a crow outfit, but come on. Like, and the crows don't seem that big. So, like, if you've never exactly. seen the person before, wouldn't the warning signs go up? Yeah, no, you're right. Like, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's an operation of thousands. It's an operation right. of maybe like a hundred. It's not like there's crows all over the world in every city, in which case you could, like, Say you're from, a, you know, they're not the FBI, where there's FBI in every state and every city. Right. Also, why don't they have, like, picture identifications, like, hanging off them? 
Right? There's so... You know what? I can see why this guy got caught for murder. Like, this is not a smart operation. At all. And, like, I want, like, I want Sophie to succeed, like, yay, women in power, but, like, it's just, even with Sophie in power, they're all just still so stupid. So, she's there to break out Mouse, and Mouse initially thinks that she's Beth, which kind of, which was okay for for a little bit. Well, no, and, it makes total sense because he got played cause Alice, but, because Beth okay. pretended to be Alice. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because that's what he says. He's like, oh, you know, she fooled me and she convinced me. She didn't. Like, she shows up and's like, hi, I'm Alice. And after like five no, seconds. No, he did. He's, he was kind of buying it, but it wasn't until she messed up on something that he asked for the right, passcode. Right there, but there, right there was a there was a couple minutes there where he did actually buy it, but then she flubbed something and then he asked for the password and that's how he knew. Yes, but he like the way he's telling it and I understand like this is probably to cover his to cover his butt like the way he's recanting the story, it's like she completely fooled me and that's how everybody escaped. No, everybody was still tied up after you figured out she was she was not Alice. But he's also probably worried about what she would do to him. Right. So he's also got to be like, look, she completely fooled me. I had no idea. This is not my fault. Don't kill me. Yes. Um, one thing I forgot as I was looking over my notes, um, Mary makes a comment um, as she's trying to help out Beth that Batwoman likes her and owes her a favor. Now, yes. naturally, the favor is because she let her mother die. But I'm wondering, with that comment, does does Mary think, knowing that Batwoman's out of the closet now, technically, in the in the universe, does Mary think Batwoman likes her or likes her? Because I don't know. And do... And do you think she thinks it's Kate? No, I don't think so. It'll be interesting to see where that story goes. There's a little bit of a hint here, and then later on it's more spelled out. But somehow Beth doesn't know Kate is Batwoman. However, the last episode, she was in the Batcave with Luke as stuff was going on. So this is one of the two moments in this episode where I believe there's a glaring continuity error. Well, I I think she knew that he worked for Batwoman. I don't think she ever put it together that Batwoman was Kate. Which is weird because that entire episode, like, I got on Luke for, like, not even remotely being able to lie like not even starting to think of a lie like luke just blurting out the truth half the time because i don't i don't even think like if he was on comms with her and beth was in the room he didn't call her kate he called her batwoman right but i mean so he knew she knew like but like she's also even surprised about the bat cave later on well i think there might be a different entrance to the Batcave, maybe. So I don't think she realized it was in Wayne Tower. I'm willing. 
I'm willing to I'm willing to let you sell me these because <laughs> I don't have a hundred percent concrete proof that she knew except like my memory and that is a very unreliable narrator. And I can I usually just, find a way to logic to I can logic my way out of anything. It's one of my yeah. many talents. <laughs> so I'm so I'm willing I'm willing to be swayed on this. But if and someone sure, out there besides me exactly, if someone else besides sure if me I'm wrong, remembers it like I do, please let me know. Or exactly. tell me I'm wrong. Either way. Or if they want to tell me tell us that I am indeed right and that she knew Luke was working with Batwoman, but not that Batwoman was Kate, feel free to email in and let us know. Yes. Um we have a scene in which they uh the crows are doing their doing their horrible horrible job of, you know, randomly going into places and not finding Alice when she's right in front of them. As they're raiding a warehouse, uh, Sophie gets stopped by a Batwoman who's using the voice modulator again. Nice to see. I love that. Um, and is kind of telling her, like, hey, you're not, like, you're, you're not doing this well. She's she like, doesn't mean, you... not, she doesn't mean, like, you're having, a, you're horrible at finding Alice, although they are. But she meant, like, you're putting up all these... You're putting up all these checkpoints. You're essentially yeah. turning Gotham into a police state. Like, this She's is not like, what you should be doing. This is not how you go about this. This is too big for you. Take my help. I'm here. Use me. And she even said, like, you know, you need to call off the the shoot on site order. Um, Sophie mentions, like, well, you took out a roadblock of mine. You know, why'd you do that? And she won't tell her. She won't tell her. Uh, she thinks she's trying to help out Alice. And Batwoman doesn't really do anything to dissuade her from that. Which is which is fine because, as Luke kind of said, like it's kind of difficult to uh, to really put into words like what's going on without her kind of blowing her secret identity. Exactly. Um, I will say there was there was one uh, thing in this in this scene that I felt for some reason uh, the Batwoman outfit looked different. It did. I couldn't put my finger on it either. I thought because like I had I had stepped out of the room to grab a drink of water and forgot to hit pause. So I, I thought, like, I came back and I had my head away from the TV for a second. So I thought maybe I was just looking at it weird. But something yeah. did look different. Yeah. I think it's her wig. I don't know if it's a new wig, but it looks different. It looks a little brighter on the red. Yeah, maybe they changed something or maybe there was an issue with the first wig or something. Like, something in there hoping that we wouldn't notice, but we have eagle eyes so we see everything. Right. Although not really good eagle eyes if we haven't noticed it yet. Well, if this is the first episode that it happened, then... Yeah. We go back to Wayne Tower, where Luke and Beth are still trying to figure out what's going on, or trying to figure out a solution. Mary went off to go kind of work on it in her 
in her medical place. Alice shows up. This was a really good scene. Yes. Alice shows up because of the conversation with Mouse, um, which we kind of we talked about there. There we talked about a little bit of the conversation, but Mouse pretty much tells her, "Hey, there's somebody that's running around looking and sounds exactly like you." So she naturally assumes to go to to Wayne Tower to figure out what's going on. Um, that also she left Mouse like he's still chained up. She was like, "All right, I'm gonna go deal with this." And then I'll come back and free you because I'm a cat and it's like a laser pointer. Like I cannot have I cannot have concentration for that long. Also, too, she needs to figure this out so she can stop. You know, I think maybe she's realizing that this other her is probably why she feels so crappy and maybe wants to get that resolved so that she can, you know, be her normal fighting form self. Yes. Uh, so Luke is like, how did you get by the desk guy, the front desk guy? And she's like, oh, you'll find him in the janitor's closet. I don't (laughs) think, I don't think there's really a front desk guy. If there is, it is the worst front desk guy because people just keep on going up and. (laughs) Either that or he takes really long coffee breaks. Because I mean, even the, um, even when Beth first showed up. She was like, oh, did you fire the front, the cute front desk guy? Because she just walked right up. Yep. And didn't Mary say something about him, too, at one point, a couple episodes back? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, no, more than likely. And then that um, that other girl there, the one that, you know, the the one that was doxing people. Oh, yes. I forget who, yeah. I forget who that was. But, yes, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of their name. Yeah, it's. It's really, really weird. There is no front desk guy. I'm sorry. There just isn't. <laughs> she so she sees Beth and they kind of they kind of figure out she she figures out what's going on and they kinda of tell her Kate shows up and we get a really a, one a start of a start of some of the emotion like some of the real um, real sad emotions of this of this episode. Yeah, the emotional which, beats started circling here. Yeah, she's like, you know, she what she can't figure out is why Beth looks so normal, and she's like, how can you be this way after all the torture that you had? And Beth's like, I was never tortured. And she was, you know, she's like, well, you know. How can that be? Like, did you swim? Like, how did you, you know, get out of the car crash? Did you swim to the, to the, you know, did you, did you swim away? Did somebody else find you? And she's slowly putting it together that Kate saved Beth in the alternate universe. Slowly putting it together because nobody tells her. And then she asks, there was a car crash, right? I think they were afraid to tell her. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I don't think I think Kate emotionally um, was having of I think Kate was having a lot of emotions at that point. So it was yeah, hard I don't Kate think to talk. I don't think she knew what to do with it. Like to to say that in this world, you you know, basically I was able to save you. 
right in this other world and i couldn't do it here and then i think beth was also afraid well like i basically got the life that she was robbed of so she could kill me right um so i have i i have a very calmly written out uh note on this especially when especially when alice asks there was a car crash right is nobody in this show capable of lying one small lie no there was no car crash done lie lie people i am telling you you'll feel so much better about life in yourself if you just lie to everybody you love there was no point in lying about this though she's crazy (laughs) yes she's crazy you don't tell the psycho murderer what they don't want to hear. Okay, and if they had told her what she wanted to hear just because she wanted to hear it and she knew they were lying, you don't think she would have gone crazy anyway? Possibly crazier for being lied to? That's future them's problems. I'm talking about now. Never never think about the future. Always stay in the present like a shark. Yes, well... When you lie to the crazy person and the crazy person could then try to kill you 30 seconds after you lie, it's better to tell the truth. Because when your future is imminent, you always have to keep thinking. Nah, I suppose so. Any event, uh, so Alice kind of states the the solution that one of them has to die in order for in order for what's happening to them to stop happening to them didn't Um, beth say that to luke after kate left she's like i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say the one thing that kate doesn't wanna yeah she's like look we all know the solution to this but kate doesn't want to face it and that one of us has to die and alice says this out loud here as she throws the butterfly knife at at beth in which kate kind of catches in midair I thought that was a really cool moment. That was great. And I really like Beth's like, how did you do that? And that's when I wrote down, like, doesn't she know she's Batwoman? But she doesn't. Allegedly. The the doctor is was now... That your, was that your second uh, logic bump, by the way? N- um, no, my second logic bump comes a little bit later with Sophie. Okay. Um. So the doctor is now interviewing Mouse at the hospital, and he seems to really believe, like, what Mouse did. And it turns out he really believed it because he's Mouse's father, which apparently— can I just say I love Sebastian Roche, and I am here for him as an evil villain— I never need to see original Mouse's father again. I'm totally fine with him keeping Sebastian Roche's face. So it's still so even when he took off the mask, it's still a different face. Yeah, when he took off the mask, it was the original actor underneath. I believe it was the original actor. So the mask was Sebastian Roche. Yes, the mask was Sebastian Roche, and then he took the mask off. And okay. it was the original actor from the flashbacks. Because at first, I thought Sebastian Roche was just an aged version of him. But then when he, I didn't expect it to be a mask. So then the mask comes off, 
and it's right. the original actor underneath. And then I was, and then he obviously put the mask back on because he apparently now this was this was my first moment where I was shocked. I did not expect him to be. What is his actual name? Uh, the actor or the character? The character. Uh, well, continue with your thought while I look it up because they've said it very infrequently. Okay, because I just kept calling him Mouse's father. I never expected him to be alive. Which is true. Like we've we've discussed that. Although Mouse also thought he was dead, so I'm sure we're gonna get a flashback of it. The and what was interesting is he said that because that's what I wanted you to think. Right. So they probably they probably tried killing him, and. Uh, so my new theory is, and I'm formulating this as I'm speaking, so bear with me. I believe yeah. that once he saw how successful the mask was for Mouse, he decided that he would make one for himself so that he could then live the life he always thought he should. Well, it didn't seem like he knew. It didn't seem like he knew about Mouse doing this until this episode. No, but they made they made them they made a mask uh, a a face mask for Mouse when he was a kid. He had Alice helping him, so I think right. once once they sort of fixed it, or at least temporarily fixed it, I think that's where he got the idea from. Yeah, uh, August Cartwright. August Cartwright, because I I love weird. Sebastian Roche. I to be fair, I don't. I they might have said his name like. Uh, in the original flashback episode, but it's not a name that they've used that much because okay, I like that's such a like that's such a wasp name. Yeah, that would that's his Sebastian Roche persona. That's not who he actually is. But I love Sebastian Roche. I've loved him for years. Right. So and, and he plays evil so well. Like he's such a good bad guy. That I will literally watch him be evil in just about anything. So I am all for this. Wherever this goes, I'm all in. So, okay. So here's the thing. We find out it's it's uh, August, Mouse's father. And they have a little, like, father-son bonding. He's like, haha, you thought I was dead because I wanted you to. Now you're going to tell me where that girl is that turned you against me is. Going back to the beginning... Of the episode. Did you know or did you think that was the father until this scene? I had no clue. Not a bloody okay. freaking clue. Because I because like I was just weirded out like when I was first watching it and I was like I had to rewind it because I'm like, why is Mouse's father like talking to these guys like that's no problem? And then it then I was like, Oh, it's just a doctor. Okay, I I guess and, I was wrong, and then this happened, and I'm like, and you end up being wow. You wound, okay, you wound up being re- you wound up being right, but yeah, I I had yeah. no idea. I did find it a little strange that they were just randomly talking to a doctor, like at the start of the episode. So like my spidey senses were kind of going, okay, something seems a little iffy here, but never right. in my wildest dreams did I even think that that was Nasa's father. Yeah. So he, Which that was such a cool twist. It was. It would have been a great twist if I didn't accidentally run through it earlier. <laughs> like that's why I didn't like say at the beginning like, well, it turns out I was right. 
but it turns out I was right. Like, see, I love moments like that where you 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 wound up you wind up being right about stuff and you don't actually ever think that's going to happen. It's one of my favorite things. And it's usually something like I try not to do. Like if there's if there's supposed to be a mystery going on or or something to that ilk, like if I get the sense like they're hiding something or they're purposely like trying to let have you figure it out, I try not to use that part of my brain because I like being surprised and I like like not knowing because I feel like if you know it, it kind of ruins the like it ruins the surprise obviously. But I feel like there's some parts that kind of like it ruins it for you overall. Like um, I like, say, Usual Suspects, which is like, you know, a, a movie that the entire world likes for some, you know. But it's a movie that I feel like once you know what goes on, like I can't rewatch the movie at that point. Gotcha. But see, and I'm I'm not the type of person who can kind of turn my brain off like that. Like, my brain just goes and connects things even when I don't necessarily want it to. So I wind up sometimes figuring stuff out when I'm watching stuff. And I don't really mean to, but it just kind of happens. Yeah. So uh, August um, August tries to get Mouse to tell him where Alice is so he can kind of get revenge on her. He won't tell her. So he essentially... We, I'm assuming he kind of pumps him with truth serum, because he sticks a he sticks a needle on him and he's like, you know. Yep. Now, we'll, now you, know. you have to. Now you have to tell me the truth. That's what I thought too. And I will right. say the transition out of this scene into the next scene in Mary's clinic was really freaking cool. From going from one needle to the other. It was. I will say though, like in this instance, using the using the um. The needle is the, the transitioner? Well, no, the truth serum. Like, Mouse could tell him where their normal hideout is, but Mouse really isn't lying. Like, at that particular point in time, he doesn't know where where Alice is. Yes, but the truth serum will, pre- will prevent him from trying to protect her. Right. Um, so we get the transition over to the clinic in a really nice shot, and Alice shows up, and she's like, hey – you're a doctor, you gotta help me, first of all, you know, and she's like, remember, because, like, uh, uh, Mary is like, I'll kill you, you know, she holds up a scalpel, like, don't come near me, I'll kill you, and she's like, first rule, do no harm, look, that only counts for actual doctors, Right, Alice. she hasn't, she hasn't taken that oath yet, she can kill you, right. and it's not gonna... No. She she is still a student. She can kill anybody she wants. <laughs> I mean, it's still illegal, you know, because the whole murder is a legal thing. But, you know, she would technically still be allowed to become a doctor. I don't I don't believe killing Alice would be a would be an illegal thing right now in Gotham. No, it would probably get her a parade. So they have they have a scuffle. A quick I loved this because you know what? Mary has so much pent up rage at Alice that just seeing her be able to unleash some of that and beat the crap out of her was awesome. I did really like when she beat her with the phone. Yes, that was so smart. I loved it. Like, why is there a phone in this in this place? It's specifically to hit Alice like with. It's, 
it's also a phone that looks like it's out of 1950. Right. It's specifically there to hit Alice's with. And then it was sort of left on the ground, which. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where a phone goes now. I don't know. Well, it, it, and it was it's funny, too, because in the, the, they're fighting back and forth. And then Mary, having a moment of genius, chains her to the table. Which it was it was like an exam table or something that she chained her to, right? Or like a cart or something? Um, she well, she chained her to the ground. The other part of the the other part of the cuffs were on, were on the leg of a bed. So it's basically like the bed that they they've used to keep people. Um, gotcha. There, because they've and used I that loved, a couple. I loved the split second of panic in Alice's voice when she realized she couldn't go anywhere. Like. I think it might have brought her back to when she was being held by Mouse's yeah. father. And I kind of loved it. It was subtle, but I kind of loved it. Uh, they. It's funny because Bethsla, or Alice is like, you know, you owe me. I saved your life. And, and Mary's like, you killed my mom. By so poisoning kinda... her. And she's like, yeah, but I gave you the antidote. And she was like, you know, so they kind of they kind of clumsily fall into the idea of Mary's blood having that antidote, which was a cure all might might save one of them. Like if one of them takes the if one of them takes the injection of blood, then it would stop it would stop the degrading process slightly long enough for the other to die and then they'll be fine. Did Anybody, did you find this, like, a really cheesy way to do the out of this? Because I was like, really? Her blood's going to be the cure? That's that's what we're doing? Um, I had forgotten that they, they, I had forgotten that they kind of labeled the cure that Mary had as a cure-all. Me too. So, I will say I don't hate it. Um, if they do that, like, if they kind of go to this well a couple, like any more times i'll i'll be with you yeah but i didn't mind it i um, think i've also seen it so many times on other shows that i've watched that i'm just kind of over it i'll give kind you like that a, kind of however, like an overexposure thing i'll give you that however i feel like they accelerated the storyline a bit a lot faster than i thought like i thought this was going to be a good chunk of the back half of the season no, I think that's actually going to be Mouse's father because I do not. I think Sebastian Roche is going to be around for quite a while. Right. Well, I figured like this would kind of be like the side plot, like trying to find a trying to find a cure. So where this was only like say one episode of them like we need to find a cure, and then they come up with this. I'm okay with the blood being the being the cure. If this was stretched over like three or four episodes and then they were like, well, we'll just make it her blood. I would I would be on board with your. Assessment. Yeah. So. No. Harm. Yeah. Um, so Mary figures out uh, what she needs to do. She takes a vial of her blood and she's like, I'm going to go save. <laughs> she's like, screw you. I'm going to go save good Beth, the Beth that she's I like. like. She's she said something. Didn't she say something along the lines of "and you're the person who deserves it the least" or something like that? Right. 
she's like, if this is if there's only one character, you're the person who deserves it the least. She leaves. Uh, Alice sees the phone on the floor, so she calls the crows and is like, hey, I know where Alice is, which led to my second continuity thing. Now, I, I understand that the crows are looking for Alice, and I understand Sophie ordered a shoot-on-site thing. However, Alice is basically telling them, hey, Alice is at Wayne Tower. This will go through Sophie. Like, Sophie will hear this, and she's the one who coordinates everyone to go to Wayne Tower. Sophie knows that there's an Alice doppelganger out there because she told Kate about it. Or she told Batwoman. She told one of them about it last episode. Did she? I don't remember. What scene was that? It was it was the scene in which um, she tell. I can't remember if it's Kate or Batwoman, but she says that she saw her sister. I think it might have been Kate. She says she saw her sister, and Sophie remembers Mary saying she saw Alice going into the university, and they didn't find any trace of her. She's like, you're not the only one. So Sophie kind of knows there's something up. But also, okay, but I don't think Sophie took the call. I'm guessing there's a tip line maybe. So she called the tip line and some random person might have answered the phone and given the message to Sophie. Like she like we see her first coming out of the truck at Wayne Tower. Like, you know, if it's Wayne Tower, you know, it's Kate. And wouldn't you ask Kate like what's going on? You see, I I didn't even think that she knew about Beth, so it didn't it didn't bump for me. Okay, like I was fine with it because I totally didn't even think that she knew. But I also I don't think she knows a hundred percent that there's a doppelganger because I know I know they had the conversation that Mary says that she saw Alice and then she thought she saw him but or saw her but. I don't think she ever thought, okay, maybe there's two of them. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's possible. I They might have left that part unresolved. I just was like, Sophie knows that there's somebody out there that looks like Alice. Or maybe, maybe Sophie just thought in the conversation last week that maybe she was seeing things like Mary was seeing things and didn't think that there were two different people. Yeah, that's very possible. Kate comes barging into the room uh, with Luke and with Luke and Beth, and she's like, "Hey, crows are here. We gotta go." They got the entire place around. No, Luke comes in. Somebody comes say, in. Uh, yeah, it's Luke comes in because yeah. Kate comes in first and says, "Okay, they're surrounded." Because I think she can like hear the sirens or something. And then Luke comes in and says, "They're everywhere. We gotta go." Right. And they're like, you know, Mary's supposed to be on her way with, uh, you know, with a resolution. With the cure. With the cure. So Kate's like, all right, we got to go to the Batcave. And then. And then Beth's like, okay, wait, where are we going? Right. And I'm like, you've been there. You were there last episode. I actually don't think she heard them because she whispered it. She said she said it very quietly. And she's like, wait, where are we going? The so she turns the she turns the pearls, the 
door opens up. They go in the elevator. They go downstairs. The crows come in. The pearls are still moving, and no one notices because they're the crows. And and this is when I tweeted, even on her deathbed, Alice makes the crows look like morons. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in the they're in the back cave. We cut over to Alice, who has a vision of Catherine, and she's like, well, I'm about to die, so naturally, you know, my my hallucination would be of you. Uh, Catherine, you know, is like, you know, you're a horrible person. You deserve this. And Alice is like, Kate's going to save me. Like, the cure only works for one of us. Kate's going to choose me. I'm her sister. And Catherine, trying to fill her head with doubt, saying, you know, why would she save you? Look at all you've done. You're a horrible person. She has the sister she wants. She always wanted now. You know, she doesn't need you. And if you're wrong, don't worry. I'll save you a place in hell. I love this whole scene. It was a really good scene, and again, a little bit emotional because, like, Alice is like, doesn't matter what I've done, Kate's going to save me. And then you have this hallucination that is still some part of her psyche saying, no, Kate's not going to save you because of what you've done. Now, did you ever question who she was going to save? No. So you knew she was going to – you knew she was going to try to save Beth? Oh, No. I was a hundred percent certain she was gonna save Alice. See, I okay. So let me put it to you like this: I knew Alice was gonna end up being the one to live because we don't have a show if Alice isn't here. However, I'm glad one of us knew that. I wasn't. I was a hundred percent certain she was gonna give it to Alice. That I was, but I was still kind of surprised. Yeah, I knew Alice was going to be the one who ended up alive, but I did not. I think I wasn't sure if she was going to give the cure to Alice or not. So, so we'll get the scene of Mary explaining to Kate, like, this only works for one person. We're going to give it to Beth. And Kate's like, well, that means I would be abandoning Alice again. And then Mary's like, look. It only works for one of them. Here's the cure. You, you know, you decide who to give it to. And she kind of storms off rightfully. Yeah, because she's like, look, Alice killed my mom. And Beth is like the nicest person in the world. Right. I know what I would pick. You have to choose. So I'm going to let you go do that. Bye. So she goes storming off. The next scene we get is Kate walking into the clinic. Now, I wasn't sure if this was real at first or if this was a hallucination. Um, I kind of figured it was real. So she comes walking into the clinic and Alice is like, I knew you would save me. Or I knew you would pick me. And we kind of get a flashing back and forth of Kate talking to Beth and Kate talking to Alice for a little bit. And it is kind of set up initially to make you believe she's there to save Alice and, you know, the the cutaways that we keep seeing are her saying goodbye to Beth. But it turns out 
she gives like even Beth is like, I know you're gonna give it to Alice because she's your sister. And she ends up giving it to Beth, which I was surprised with. Because like you, I thought, well, if Alice dies, we lose the best villain, you know, we lose the the main villain on the show. But then I started thinking, well, you know, maybe something, ha- you know, maybe something happens and she still somehow turns into Alice. But also, too, I think this was actually the better way to go because they needed a reason for Alice to stay mad at Kate because they've worked through all of their issues for the most part leading they, up. No, to they this. haven't. She framed them father for murder. Like that's still but like, that's, but that's not about Kate. She it is though. Like, Cause Kate's upset with it. Well, no, but it, I mean, she, she did that to get back at her father. That, that was, you know, she and Kate have kind of been working on their issues. And, and obviously when she was hallucinating, she believed that Kate would save her. So they kind of needed a way to sort of re-justify her being angry at Kate. They could only use the, well, you abandoned me when we were 12 for so long before right, it would but start. I, I don't think they needed to do that only because... Now Kate has a reason to be mad at Alice, and that's what it was. Like, after everything that happened to Catherine, like, now Kate is, like, Alice is beyond saving. Like, she believes her sister is no longer there. So when she gives the antidote to Beth, I'm like, all right, like, this makes sense. Right. And like I said, I thought she was still going to somehow turn into Alice. Like, something I figured would happen, and it would be, like, kind of going back to square one. But because of this, we get a great emotional scene of Kate and Alice kind of sitting there as Alice is dying, talking, and for the first time, we kind of get Beth back from Alice. Yeah, because all of her defenses are down. She doesn't you know. have to, you know, she can be the 12-year-old little, you know, 12 or 13-year-old little girl she was when she was taken. Because I think, you know, emotionally, she's still that little girl. I think emotionally, she's crazy. Well, yes, but it's all from her trauma. And I think, you know, this kind of gave them a way to kind of finally, once and for all, you know, because she was dying, resolve everything. So I really did love this scene. And I it it was a great scene. It was very emotional. I cried. And I'm like. I'm like, you know, the show is really good when it makes you when it makes you both happy that they did the right thing and gave the antidote to Beth, but still feel sad for Alice. Yeah. Like she just had a she had a horrible life. Well, theoretically, her first 12 years were good or first 13 years were good. Um, but from then on, like she had a horrible life. She suffered 
trauma that I still think we don't we don't know, know the full picture every of everything. I mean, right. what we know is bad enough. Right. But we're all pretty sure there's still more. Um, and then to have her sister then give the antidote that would save her to somebody else. Because in her like, mind, it's basically Kate abandoning her all over again. again. Exactly. And she's not wrong. No, she's not wrong. But I love that this is kind of she has a newer reason to be upset. I mean, she's she always, you know, she had her reasons before, but it kind of felt like, like I said before, throughout these other episodes, they've kind of been working through that. So eventually it was going to get to the point where she kept doing everything to Kate in the name of what happened when she was a child it was it was going to become old and tired. It this, was, it, yeah, it was never her up. Like she was she was kind of upset at Kate. She was more upset with her father and Catherine. Right. Like that had been that had been her driving force. Kate was kind of caught in the crosshairs because you can't really fault a 12 year old for, you know, not finding oh. you. Oh no, because no, but th- there was moments when she did because their twin, like she thought their twin connection was gonna be what saved her, and then it it didn't. So she had a, she had a lot of anger towards Kate as well as towards Jacob and towards Catherine. But yeah. I'm glad that they kind of pivoted away from that and gave her a newer reason so we could keep this dynamic going without it getting stale. Does that make sense? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it does. So, I have a theory. Ooh. Um, now, Kate giving, Kate giving the antidote to Beth, she essentially gives it to the person who deserves it more. That's, that's without question. Like, Beth has done nothing bad to warrant not giving her the antidote, and Alice is just goes around killing people. And you, plus, go ahead. Do you think one of the factors that Kate also uses is this is really the only way to kind of alleviate, like this is essentially setting Alice free of the trauma she, she. I didn't, uh, I didn't went, think about that, but you could be right. Like, I mean, it's not, like I, I hate to say, like killing somebody is is like, right. You know, in a way, act of, Al- Alice, is, Alice is so tortured but. by her past, and it defines her so much that she's releasing her from the demons of her right. past. It's obviously something like she, it's it's something like she she deals with on a daily basis. So she's also kind of freeing her from that pain that she's never going to be able to. I think that was part of it. I also think, too, not only is Beth most deserving, but Beth is also here on this earth because of crisis and she was part of crisis. So I think she kind of feels responsible for, like, why Beth is here and kind of feels the need to make sure that she's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we get we get Beth dying or sorry, Alice dying as Kate is just sitting there holding her hand and like Kate's bawling, Alice is bawling. 
I'm, we're the, bawling. We're bawling. The camera crew's bawling. Everyone just crying. I wonder how many takes that took. I really want them to do an audio commentary on this episode. If they do audio commentaries when they release the DVD at the end of the season. Beth and Luke escaped Wayne Tower using the tunnels. As they're as they're out in the open trying to figure out what to do, we see Sophie with a sniper rifle. Sno- Sophie, who somehow trailed them. I, I literally, when I saw her with the scope set on Beth's head, I was like, Sophie, no. I literally screamed at the TV. Like, I saw, I saw Sophie about to pull the trigger. And I'm like, so... When she gave when she gave Beth the antidote, as I said, I figured something. I I honestly thought Alice was gonna die, and we like Beth would somehow still turn into Alice, and it would be a it would be a cycle of like she was always gonna be Alice. It just it what was gonna happen to her would change. Right, the, the inciting and, trauma. So, Right, and then we see Sophie setting up for the kill shot, and I'm like, oh, Sophie's going to kill her, and that is going to cause a, like, that's going to cause an irreparable rift between her and Kate. So, like, that dynamic would be interesting, too. And then Sophie doesn't shoot her, and then August shoots her. Which makes sense because he wants revenge on Alice and he can't get revenge if if Alice is dead. Well, no. He shoots her thinking she's Alice. See, I didn't think that. Because we don't know exactly what Mouse told told him. We saw him get shot up with the truth serum, but we don't know what questions were asked. He could have found out about the second Beth. Yeah. And killed her to keep Alice alive so that he could torture Alice. Again. That's that's where my mind went. Ah, that's not that's a that's a pretty good theory. That would be that would be next level villainy. And Sebastian Rochet can pull it off, so that's why I went there. So Alice pops back alive as Beth dies. And not a good time for Kate. Like, no. you, you made your choice, and now the other person still died. That's going to leave a mark. You know what's also going to leave the mark? <laughs> Metal plate that she hits Kate with to knock her out. Oh, yeah, that, that tray's going to... So, yeah, so we have August running around, who may or may not think Alice is still alive. He may or may not think he killed her. Um... We have Alice now betrayed by Kate, her actual sister, not a sister from another universe, who she thought was going to save her. So going forward, um, this is going to get interesting. The back half of this season is going to be bonkers, and I'm so excited. Yeah, no, it's been like there's there's been no letdown. No. There's been one episode that I did not like, um, and that was when we did the was the it was the the executioner one because that felt very villain of the week. 
Right. Yeah. That that was the and even I mean that was still a good episode, but that was kind of my weakest episode of the season. But even even a weaker episode of Batwoman is still better than ninety eight percent of the rest of the CW shows. Yes, absolutely. Um, we get we get a preview of next week where she's going to be fighting a vampire. Ooh, so, I'm my DVR that, cut off. I missed the preview. Yeah, she's fighting. She's fighting essentially a vampire. Um, so that'll be interesting. How do you think Gotham City is going to start getting metahuman type villains with the whole merging of everybody on the same Earth now? It's possible. We'll see. I don't. I don't know. They've really kind of, aside from Beth showing up, they haven't really done much else. So next week, I think we're not going to get nearly as much um, progression in the overall arc. But you know what? That's okay. There's been so much progression. And I will say Batwoman is the show that so far has done the best at handling post-crisis circumstances okay meaning they get a complication that is a direct result of crisis and then somehow manage to dovetail that into a story for the rest of the season yeah yeah which i think was brilliant yeah yeah no that was that was a really good idea um overall i like I said, I really liked this episode, um, except for the two parts that I felt were continuity errors. <clears throat> I thought, I thought the emotions were there. Um, it was, it was, it was rushed, but it didn't feel rushed. It was, it was rushed because they were running out of time. It didn't feel like they were rushing story to get us to a certain point. It felt Correct. organically rushed because the situation called for it. Yes. Yeah. No. So that is that is a little bit difficult to pull off as well as they did. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm glad that they've they're continuing their their high bar so far of keeping this train on the track. Because I was, I was going to say I was a little bit worried when we did get the back nine or whatever the, uh, you know, whatever the rest of the season order turns out to be, that we were going to end up slowing down story to make up for the extra episodes. Right, and but it so seems like far, they built, Yeah, they it seems like they built that, that in. Now, I'm wondering, I'm wondering what was if they pretty much... episode order? Uh, I believe the initial episode order was up until Crisis. Okay, so we have delved into... One, two, three... This is the so been like third episode, maybe? Post-Crisis, yeah. So it would have been like nine or ten. Yeah. Originally. Yeah. Although, to be fair, they probably knew that they were going to get picked up. Yeah, because the mean, CW... They got the they got uh, the pilot, and then they got the initial order without the pilot even airing, which I mean you would kind of have to do most of the time. But 
like at that point, I think you just kind of naturally assume the way the CW has been operating. Yeah, they did. That you're they did order Bat. They did order Batwoman straight to series, didn't they? They didn't even. I don't even think they technically ordered a pilot. I think they just. No, they they ordered the pilot, and then when they saw the pilot, they ordered it to series. Yeah. And then Where they. Like, Whereas the new Superman show, they just ordered straight to series. They were like, you know what? We're going to end up picking this up anyway. So, I mean, I guess the good thing is you don't have to make a pilot now, like, months in advance. Like they did also, with Batman. Right. And also, too, when you're creating a show within an existing universe, you can also backdoor pilot it in any of the shows. Like they did with Green Arrow. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, the Green Arrow and the Canaries or whatever that show is supposed to be. Yeah, which, which I... Re- which hasn't gotten picked up yet, but... That- I know, which I'm so, I'm so worried it's going to end up being Wayward Sisters all over again. The Supernatural spinoff that should have gotten picked up and didn't. Yeah, but that, like, they used one of the episodes the second to last episode of Arrow to, to kind of use it as a backdoor pilot. Yeah. And it, and it was the best episode of Arrow's final season. So like, I really want that show to be picked up, but that's a conversation for another time. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. It's what we're in February. We won't know till May because the CW has already renewed everything that's, So that's the one downside to this is you have Superman coming in, um, taking the place of the arrow slot, essentially. But then you have CW also coming in and renewing everything. Like they renewed. But we're also also losing losing Supernatural. Well, yes. But isn't there, um, isn't there a new show with one of them? That's gonna well, be on yes, Walker, here. Texas Ranger. Jared Padalecki is going to be Walker in the Walker headline in the Walker, Texas Ranger reboot. Oh, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> um, and then also, too, I think I, I know it's a summer show, but I know the hundreds leaving like ending this year, too. So, like, they're going to have some real estate. They can kind of shift things around and move things. So yeah. I'm not really worried. And if they decide, like, because Black Lightning only ever gets, like, a 15-episode order anyway. Same with Legends. So they can always hold those to mid-season to premiere whatever new shows they pick up. Mm -hmm. So there's ways they can work it. I'm not really too worried. Yeah. I mean, also now we've got Katie Keene. Yeah. So that's essentially one less slot because that started like right after arrow yeah, did that, no, that's, take, did that take arrow's slot no they that took um supernatural slot supernatural's on hiatus until march supernatural okay. is going into um either black lightning or all americans time slot and then katie Keene took supernatural's time slot on thursday right now um legends is in um Arrow's time slot. Okay. Um, speaking of Katie Keene, I wandered onto the set uh, when I went to New York I to go to Birds of Prey. You sent me yeah. the picture. I, um, yeah, I was at, uh, I was coming back to 
I take the train, uh, I drive two hours to the train in Connecticut, and then I take the train from um, Union Station in New Haven, the metro, to to Grand Central. So I was going to Grand Central to go back on the train, and they were shooting in the in the uh, main part of Grand Central. They had oh, had that's it so cool. Off. Yeah. They had had it closed off, and like I saw cops there, and I'm like, why, why are there cops in Grand Central Station blocking <laughs> off something? <laughs> that's never like, a good thing. That's, you know, <laughs> and when I walked, but I still saw trains listed. So I'm like, all right, nothing too bad could have happened. Maybe somebody fell. You know, I don't know. And then when I got to the other side, um, when I got to the other side, they had had it open because that's where you would have to go to get to the to the train tracks to the various um, to the various tracks. I saw like a camera crew, and I was like, oh, they're shooting something. And then I saw the the back of like the chairs that said Katie Keene. And then, I don't know if I I don't know if I had told you this. But I had sent because I was because like I was like I was able to walk up pretty close to that area where like where the equipment was. Um, so I took a I took a relatively close shot of uh, Lucy in her in her outfit with the coat in that, and I made sure to catch the director's chair in it that said Katie Keene, and I sent it to my friend. Lauren and she was like, "Oh, my friend just told me that because I guess I I don't know she has a friend that does that that knows her somehow or does stuff on the show I don't know, but um, I had, I was joking because like when I looked up Katie Keene when I was on the train I didn't realize." that that was actually Lucy Hale playing Katie Keene. I thought it was like a Lucy Hale clone. <laughs> like, I thought it was some, they were like, we want you to look like Lucy Hale playing Katie Keene. Because I had made a joke earlier, I had made a joke that same day to Lauren because um, I think there was a Fantasy Island preview. Or we saw the poster for Fantasy Island and I was like, I don't know how I feel about how in Fantasy Island they make Lucy Hale like kind of a wannabe uh, Samara Weaving who is also a wannabe like Margot Robbie. Because like everyone thinks Samara Weaving and Margot Robbie look exactly alike. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I kind of see it, but I could is tell. Is that why they put her in the blonde hair for that movie? I don't I don't think so, but she like she definitely looks like I think she looks like Samara Weaving more than Samara Weaving looks like um, Margot Robbie. Robbie. But I was just like, oh, Lucy Hale's trying to be Margot Robbie. And then that happened. I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize that was Lucy Hale because now I'm (laughs) used to her. Now I'm used to her hair blonde. But that was fun. That was fun. And I love that our tradition of going down different rabbit holes that have nothing to do with Batwoman continues. Yes. <laughs> but, that being said, I did really enjoy the episode. Uh, give it an eight-ish. I would go with eight and a half. Yeah. It was definitely it was definitely a really good episode. And like I said, I really haven't 
I know there was one that you kind of disliked, but even then, like, while I agree that that show might have been the worst one of the season, it I, was still it was still like enjoyable. Yeah. So that is going to be all from us. We are part of the Thought Bubble Audio podcast group. You can listen to all of our amazing shows, such as Supergirl TV Talk, Academy Rewind, Read Up, Beer with Geeks, Shrill, uh, I'm sorry, Loud Women, which was about the show Shrill, um, Hate Watch with us, and I'm sure there's other shows because there's like a new one every five seconds. Uh, you can reach me at Batwoman TV Talk on Twitter or at Academy Rewind on Twitter. I run both accounts. You can also email us at BatwomanTVTalk at gmail.com and let them know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at XO Tony Roney XO. All right. Ah! I just dropped my phone on the keyboard. Hopefully I didn't erase everything. If you don't, I'm blaming everybody but me. (laughs) Well, we're still recording, so I don't think you did anything. Excellent. Well, they are shining the bad signal, so we got to get out of here before I accidentally delete this episode. Have a good week, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.